You ever get the sense you're being watched, maybe by a celestial being, or your neighbor, or an animal outside your window? One week this fall, every morning I would wake up and throw open the heavy satin curtains lined with blackout fabric in my sleep chamber, and there, on the windowsill, would be a very grimy-looking squirrel with the laziest of eyes, one eye looking directly at me, the other staring off into the distance. His coat was mottled and his sharp little teeth uneven, and he'd stare at me and sort of not stare at me at the same time while making a little chattering noise, and he'd touch his chest with his front paw. I thought, who are you, strange messenger of the forest? What news have you brought me from beyond? And then it would regurgitate on my air conditioner and scurry away. Nature is miraculous, but not always pleasant, which is why I've posted a tiny clean rodents only sign near the doorway that leads to the portal that leads us to the deep night. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm your court-appointed mystic, budget-conscious shaman, and guide through this next hour of regrets and revelations and rising stars. We come to you as we always do from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and I'm so pleased you could join us for another wonderful sojourn through the deep night. I've been doing so many shows and making appearances, some public, some private. And then the hours change. I feel as if I'm living in a liminal state somewhere between fully awake and fully asleep. Now I've taken to wearing stimulating crystal shards around my ankles and wrists in hopes of boosting my energy. My guest today is Wendy Starling, who came into the Deep Night Studio with her own stimulants, including her vivacious and generous spirit, as well as a tall boy's worth of monster energy drink. Now, if you're at the store while listening to this, and maybe you're finishing a term paper on male witches in the modern era, or putting in long hours on the late shift at a parking lot kiosk, I know my audience. Well, why not consider grabbing a can of Monster Energy for yourself? You'll know the can by the stylized M on the outside that looks as if whatever beast is inside, the can is trying to get out using only his or her claws. I love that logo, because that's what it feels like, isn't it? Just trying to claw through the day. If I see a sporting event or even just a fellow with a Monster Energy logo t-shirt or a backpack on it, I'll just go right up to him and I'll say, I get it, man. I hope you have a monster day today. The substance that gives the drink its kick is, of course, the ancient guarana seed, the extract of which is known to have driven Spanish conquerors mad when they first were introduced to the substance in the 16th century. Sometimes I'll rub a little guarana in my nostrils using a Q-tip just to give my ayahuasca a little extra boost. Now, Wendy is the real deal. Energy drinker knows she comes in hot and burns bright. She's the host of the monthly show Glamour Push that's at the uh, Zinc Bar over there. She is on at least two podcasts a week, The Oldest Profession and Jammers. Uh, She co-hosts both of those. And as sometimes happens, we found out about her powerful psychic abilities only at the end of the show. And we continue to talk off mic about just how uncanny it is that she can see 
a little bit into the future. Very active dream life for our Wendy. You know I like that. But we talked a great deal about her path from Orange County uh, to Los Angeles and Florida to New York. Finally, uh, well, I don't know finally. She could have a long life and be in many other uh, states or cities. But uh, up until now, this is this is where she's at. So uh, what I will tell you is buckle in. We're going to go really deep this week as we're joined by comedian Wendy Starling. Oh, it is very early. For a comedian, it is. <laughs> it know. might as well be four in the morning. <laughs> I know. That's, a, that's the deep night hour. <laughs> I know. Holy hell. Now, you also have some kombucha. Yes. Now, I like to brew my own, but what, what kind is that? You make your own kombucha. This is the cayenne cleanse. Oh, thing. yeah, you that's nice. You brew your own kombucha? Sure, you do it in the bathtub. Oh. And that's uh, that's good for, uh, what do you got, lemon, cayenne pepper, yes. little maple syrup? Uh, no maple syrup in there. <laughs> uh, I'm very healthy. I don't eat a lot of sugar. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I do chain smoke in bars. <laughs> Wendy, we're going to have some fun today, I can tell. Yes. And, uh, by the way, happy International Women's Day. Uh, it just happened, but yes. uh, I still feel like we could, uh, you know, stretch it out for another couple of hours. Sure, why not? Let's, why not I, acknowledge yeah. women for, you know, 45 minutes I mean, longer? yeah, I acknowledge myself a couple times a day. I try to. <laughs> oh, a couple times you. a day. The rest of the time, men, 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 men. That's um, right. Let's celebrate our accomplishments. Right, and that's just because I love Charlie Sheen so much. <laughs> Just to watch he, that show. He's one of my heroes. That is a delightful theme song. Isn't that a, the most horrific writing you've ever heard? <laughs> he's not. He's not that appealing. No. I'll be honest. I was no. making a joke. He's not a hero of mine. Yeah. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And, yeah. uh, I don't wish him ill, but mm, it's okay. Oh, I do. I wish I wish him this illness that I have right now. <laughs> yes. I wish well, him specifically this illness. <laughs> well, man, that I, I don't know if he's still on the tiger blood. Is that what he was drinking? I don't even know. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's probably not too different from Monster Energy I was going to say, it's, it's got to cannot be worse than That's what I'm right. drinking currently. Those of us in glass houses. <laughs> but, uh, Wendy, I want to start by uh, saying, in addition to Happy International Women's Day and all that, that uh, I really appreciate what you do. And I appreciate you for your lightness that you spread and bring everywhere that you go and all of your stand-up shows and that kind of thing. And uh, that often uh, maybe doesn't get appreciated as much. I also acknowledge that you are uh, free to talk about the darkness that swirls uh, just below the surface uh, in so many of us, many of us in comedy. Yes. It's just right there. Thank you very much. Very I honest about that, and that's rare. Yeah, well... I guess it's I guess it's rare um, to be as honest as I am because it gets it's for a lot of people it's too much. Um, <laughs> yes, but I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. I started doing stand up when I was older, like uh, relatively older. So I was twenty seven. Yeah, and um, then that's why even now when I talk about things on stage, I kind of go all the all in. Yes, because it's like well, I started when I was older, so it's not like I started already when fully I was, formed. Right, I was already a human. I'd already lived alone and and. And I had a life and had opinions, and so it wasn't like I was 16 and I'm like, man, I love a good pun, and this is I want to try to be a joke writer. Right. So, yeah, I know mm. how to make money, and it's not doing comedy. And so when I get <laughs> no. on stage, I'm like, well, let's just 
Throw everything out there and see what it's more of a communication tool. That's right. But and if you want to pay me, my Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll get we'll get to some of that. And uh, I mean, your bio when you just put it out there, you know, it's uh, struggles with depression and sexual violence and uh, bipolar and being a comedian. And uh, uh, I mean, that's just like what's right there. That's the first. Right. <laughs> that's right. what you present. And that was all just on the on the right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But so much of comedy, as you said, is uh, getting to find your voice on stage and yes. to be almost that honest. So uh, that must be incredibly thrilling. Do you feel like you've found it, your voice, when you're on stage? Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I have it to, I, I think, feel like I have. And then every time I get on stage, more and more. <laughs> and then doing podcasts, even though it sounds crazy, that's made it better for me on stage. Aha. Uh-huh. Because I, I do two podcasts, and the more right. like a conversation like we're having. Yeah. So. You become more free and open, and I feel like I'm just talking to you, and then other right. people listen to it. Um, and so then when I go on stage, it's easier to um, kind of be relaxed when you're telling jokes that you've obviously written. Because you know? right, that is not the first time that you're sharing that thing. Correct. You will have done it's it within a, this right. environment. Right. Uh, when, you're right. when you're doing jokes on stage, I don't want to blow, you know, <laughs> spoiler blow his mind. Yes. Uh, but I have done those before, for the most part. If a crowd work, not really, but but right. yeah, it's just the more you do it, and then you get kind of relaxed, and you're like, okay. And that's a nice feeling to get up there, and it's like, look, you might not like me, but this is what it is. Right, it'll be over soon. And we already, you already <laughs> paid for your ticket, you dumb asshole. <laughs> I already got your money, so guess what? I'm gonna talk about when I got raped and or my cats. <laughs> right, right. Either way, Those, that's the options. That's right. on the menu. Those are your two choices. All right. <laughs> that's written on the book or on your hand or whatever. <laughs> um, that, well, that, yeah, and I see. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not somebody that has a tight five. I don't uh, go up a lot, if all, ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, all. I was going to say, so, Devers, uh, I, I, I don't, haven't uh, seen you for a while. Uh, yes, uh, it's been some time since I've done Although I just did a couple sets down at the Hell Yes Fest, and that was fun to think about the way I normally do things as a kind of host uh, in compressed time and doing five minutes and having to figure out what is a joke. Is, oh, isn't that a treat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in real what time. It's a joke. <laughs> it's going to think about that. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it, Dale. Do whatever you want. Well, that's what I do. And I figured, you know, it's an 1130 show in New Orleans. It doesn't right. have to be that tight. No, it doesn't. Please. Nothing in New Orleans is that tight. If it, if, please. How are you going to get those beads? If your shirt's too tight, no one's going to throw beads at you. No, i got to lift your shirt. I got a lot of beads, by the way. I believe it. Yep. You've got a great set of tits, Dale. And I didn't want <laughs> to you. say anything. Thank you. Getting better as I go along. Um, uh, were you a kind of uh, outrageous kid? Seal Beach, California? Um, I guess outrageous. I mean, I don't know that I was super outrageous. My par- I was actually pretty well behaved yeah. because my parents were divorced. And so when they got a divorce, I went, like some kids act out. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't automatically mean you're going to be restrained when there's a... Right. A lot of times, so my brother, my younger brother, was acting out, and I did the opposite, where I was like, oh my God, this is my fault, I should behave. So I was actually really well behaved, and did well in school, and got good grades, and... Good for you. Yeah, I was a weirdo. I was for sure a weirdo. Yeah, what kind of weirdo? Uh, Like, I would talk to myself in the yard, and play with my Barbies alone, and talk to myself alone. Yeah. Well, is it... I was. Were you outrageous? I don't know if I, I was outrageous. Schizophrenic, possibly. <laughs> it was possibly a schizophrenic yeah. child. Um, but yeah, so I was more that, more of like a creative. But I would kind of keep to myself. But like that was the bipolar thing, or that was schizophrenia. I think it was bipolar early. Yeah. I don't know, but that didn't happen till that didn't kick in until I was maybe sixteen the first time. Uh huh. Where I was just awake for four days in a row. Oh well. Yeah. That's tough. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, already as a teenager, you might have bad sleeping habits. Right. But f- four days in a row, is that's pushing Oh, it's it. crazy. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. And, that, and I remember that was because I always was like, I have a lot of energy, and I would stay up and be have all these, like, play dress up in the mirror and have, like, create these fantasy worlds with people that weren't there, but I knew it was fake. Yeah. And I remember being like, being like, okay, well, I assumed everyone else did that. Yes. So I would talk to my friends, and I'm like, you know, when you like play dress up and pretend you're being interviewed by like Barbara Walters, and people would be like, no. And I was like, me neither. Some <laughs> some nerd in a class told me. So, but that happened the first time when I was 16. And I remember, because that would happen occasionally, like there'd be a day where I was just up. Yeah. And I would lay, and I didn't drink coffee, I didn't drink energy drinks. You know, I'm 36, so this was like 20 years ago. So now kids are doing that shit. Yeah. I wasn't. Um, They're yeah, finding just, a way to recreate uh, the bipolar condition through right. energy drinks. Right. You can do that. Oh, you can give yourself <laughs> bipolar disorder very easily uh, through the magic of chemicals. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I remember staying awake, and it was that would happen sometimes. And then it was the fourth day, and I was like, I was laying in bed. I was just shaking yeah. and crying, and I was like, I just want to sleep. Right, right. And I stood over my mom's bed. I walked in my mother's bedroom. And I was like five, five or five, six. So I was already like tall, like an adult sized person. Yes. And I stood over my mom's bed and I was just shaking and crying. And she was woke up and I was like, I can't sleep. And uh, and then I wasn't hospitalized until three years later. So my parents were like, she's just a fucking, she's acting out for attention. They didn't uh, <laughs> take it seriously? No, they didn't. They were, she was just like, oh, she's just a weirdo. <laughs> oh, well, in terms of the other weirdo stuff. That wasn't four days straight talking to people. I mean, right. I did do that kind of thing. You but did, I was yeah. an only child. I had to do yeah, that kind well, of that's, thing. Yeah, well, that's... I had a lot of conversations with Barbara Walters. Well, you had to. I still do a full interview as uh, from The New Yorker. That's phenomenal. Well, that's that's a good thing to do while you're brushing your teeth. That's, is yes. that how you time... How much, you, you know, they say, what is it, like, four minutes or something to yep. make sure you brush your teeth long enough? Yep. If you do, like, a TV snippet interview with Barbara Walters... Yeah, you get the whole teeth. Right. That's maybe yep. you get the molars. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's why we can drink Monster Energy drinks and bathtub kombucha and our teeth don't rot out. That's right. That's the secret. properly brush our teeth. <laughs> that's right. You give it the full interview. Um, uh <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I I don't feel like I was outrageous. I'm a kind of uh, you know close up magic, uh, smolder in the corner uh, kind of thing. If I'm at a party, that kind of thing, you know, yeah. like I work a one on one, and then maybe it'll spread. Like it's not a, a wildfire right. started now, is, by so lightning. Now, is that a metaphor? You're literally just doing magic tricks for people in bars. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I'm not. I'm not good. You know what? I'm not good at magic tricks in the same way that I'm not good at writing actual jokes. To me, that's the same uh, mechanism. Yeah, well, but see, you're a good host. You're a good podcast host. That, that's what I hope. Yes, I feel like we can have you a nice have time here. You don't have to do here. magic. No, thank you. Oh, I'm so relieved. Yeah. What <laughs> if I just get up and walk out? I'm like, son of a bitch. Someone told me Dale was a, mu- a I, m- musician, a magician. I, that's yes. the reason I showed up. <laughs> I know. Terribly disappointed when someone shows up and at, I don't bring the magic. At six in the goddamn morning. What time is it? <laughs> I know. I know. Smelling like I was in a bar. Oh, because I was in a bar. Yeah. She's us. So then, uh, but you did get uh, some kind of treatment there at, at a young, as a young person. Uh, no, when I was 19, so I went to an acting school. I graduated high school, and I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yes. And when I was there, uh, that I started doing acting stuff, and I loved it so much. And what I did was lived alone for the first time. So yeah. I had two jobs, was going to school, had my own apartment. Yes. So I'm alone for the first time. It was great. 
Um, and then with the acting thing, I remember they were like, you're such a good actor. And I and I am if anyone wants to book me. <laughs> I, I promise I won't go out smoking in a bar all night. Uh, but I was, but what I would do is I would lose myself in the role. Yes. Which is great if you are Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Um, not great if you're a 19-year-old trying to survive. So I lost, I completely lost my shit and I didn't, because I didn't know the bi- I didn't know what bipolar disorder was, mm-hmm. and so I just thought like that's just how it is. And you also and, thought this is acting, right? And I was like, "This is acting." Well, so then I would go home, and I was just so I was my brain. I let it kind of slip into this character, mm-hmm. and I just went into this manic phase. And when you don't understand, it's like when you're drinking. You know, you feel you start to feel drunk, and you're like, "Oh, this is not a real sensation. I am putting." chemicals in my body right yes um so you understand that you're like okay this is not the room is not actually spinning or i'm not actually you're like oh, i'm drunk um with bipolar disorder and with a lot of other mental uh mental disorders or mental but with bipolar you just have extra dopamine a lot of times for me at least so i run really manic so i have you have dopamine blowing up your brain mm-hmm. now when you don't understand that that's happening you just think this is life, this is real, right? Yes. So if you were to like do ecstasy or do cocaine, those are drugs similar to how my brain functions all the time. Uh-huh. So when you do those and you have this elevated sense of elation and euphoria, when you've put the drugs in your body, you know that like, okay, this is fun, but also like I'm on drugs, this won't go away. Yeah. You understand you put yourself in an altered state. When you're bipolar and that's just naturally happening in your brain, you're like, this is real. I guess I'm never sleeping again and I am becoming this character and maybe I can fly. Like, you don't, right? You don't understand that. <laughs> right. Like, no, 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 that's your brain. Um, so I lo- I completely lost my mind. And I couldn't sleep. And um, and that's it. the difference. When you're administering those drugs to yourself, it wears off and you can control it and bring it down. But I was so manic that, again, I was up for four or five days, and I remember the same sensation of being like, I can't sleep. This is crazy. And I was like, I have to take pills. And I didn't really drink. I never drank in high school. And I remember that was the first time that I drank to get drunk because I was like, I got to sleep. Right. So I got vodka from my neighbor, and I was 19. You need and something I just, to bring you down. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I drank a bunch of vodka, and I took like like sleeping pills. And I just laid down in my closet, and and that worked, I guess. And I was like, I was like, I, I it was, it's a, it's a, it's a bizarre sensation when you don't understand what's happening. And I was like, I was, and then you're like, I guess I just, I should just kill myself because then, then I will sleep, maybe. Right. There's no uh, pole for you to. Uh, there's no normal. Right. Right. And so you don't. And then, um, and then I went to the hospital. They pumped my stomach. And then when I came out, um, I went. And they, I was sent home to live with my mom and stepdad because they were like, well, she's trying to kill herself. So, And I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I'm just trying to get a fucking nap. Like, I'm trying to regulate, yeah. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to die. I would just like, if I could get a solid eight hours. <laughs> right. You're talking about a tight five. I'd like a tight eight. <laughs> right. You know, like, right. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so I went back to live with my mom and stepdad, and they went on vacation. And so then I'm in a giant house by myself, and I was, and I was working, and then I had like a day off. And I just didn't leave the house and this paranoia and, and mania. If you're awake for days and days, <laughs> you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you start to have delusions. So that's when I was hospitalized was I had this crazy delusion that like people were watching me and tr- like trying to cut like break in the house and murder me. 
And yeah. I called the cops a bunch of times to my parents' house, and they showed up. Oh, yeah, that's, that's when I was actually hospitalized. It was I like, called the cops a bunch, and I was like, there are ninjas trying to break into my window. And that's a real phone call that I made. Yeah. Well. And they showed up, and there was nobody there. And they were like, this bitch is on drugs. There was a time when ninjas, uh, that was a real threat, though. Well, especially in Seal Beach. You know, there <laughs> yeah. were a lot of ninjas in Seal Beach. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's Orange County. Right. right. Yeah. A lot of ninjas there. A lot of Orange County ninjas. Uh, yeah. So that's I what I was I think that's a Chris Farley vehicle, in fact. It, absolutely. Yes. Orange <laughs> County Ninja. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That was a sequel that never, I, I believe it just was streaming. Yeah. Before there was anything streaming. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> One person had it on the VHS, running it from their basement. Right. Yeah. But so, uh, well, that all sounds terribly scary. And uh, 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 frightening and unmooring as a young person trying right. to make their way in the world. Yeah, well, it's uh, terrifying. And in a, on top of that, you're participating in the entertainment industry, right? Which is, has its own set of problems, right? Uh, around body issue and around what's normal, anyhow, right? Uh, but you, you, uh, the hospitalization and all that that uh, got you the tools that you need. Um, kind of. What it did was um, when they at least identify what's going well, on. Well, that was the thing. Is I mean, just let me know what. And they once they told me, oh, this is what's happening in your brain. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. All right, we can work with that. Well, then I can go. And they were like, oh no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was there for like a couple weeks uh, because and the I don't even get me started like the healthcare system because what they do is in the psych ward. And this was. Uh, they make money when people are there longer. Yeah. And I remember I went had a couple of meetings with doctors, and I was sad, and I was like, oh, I just feel like I'm ugly, and this and that. And then I remember the doctor not listening to me and looking at his notepad, and he looked up, and he said, and he was completely ignoring me, and he was like, you know, we could get something for that acne if you want. And while you're here for bipolar, I could get you something for your acne, and I fucking lost it. And I was like, see, I'm right, and I'm ugly, and I flipped out, and then they were like, all right, you, one more week. So I just kept getting at, and I was like, "You people." Yeah, once that money's involved, right? That's but, tough. But once I so I but I didn't get any bipolar, but I got my skin's never looked better. Uh, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great today. Thank you. You know, it's really if I could give a tip to the young people out there, send a smoky bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For a few hours, doing it. Right, yeah. but don't, like once a week. Yeah. Sure. And then wake up, energy drink. Yep. If you don't die, your skin will look great. <laughs> uh, so but, uh, were you uh, then also active in L.A. and moved, going around L.A. once uh, you had this stuff? I assume you had some kind of medication and that kind of thing, too? Um, no, I was on medication for a little while, and then I just stopped taking it because it, what it did was, um, I, because I run so manic, so it would mo- it mostly knock down the mania, um, which, and, like, I run really manic, and I'll get depressed, and if I get depressed, it's for, like, a week max, but it'll be normally for like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the medication knocked down the mania so much that I felt I didn't feel the super high highs. And then I remember just being like kind of bored all the time. And things were cool, but it wasn't because when I get happy, it's like the best. Whenever I'm like, this is great, <laughs> it really is the greatest. Yes. And uh, until I moved to New York, like I've done cocaine and I've Molly, but it was not until I moved to New York. So I've dabbled in that stuff and it's okay. It's fine. I like it. But it's like, doesn't really do that much for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but this is how I feel most of the time anyway. Right. So people would always, I remember growing up, people just thought I was like on all those drugs and I never was. And then I tried them. I'm like, okay, now I can see why you think, but that's how I feel <laughs> most of the time. So to feel that good naturally all the time and then to take a medication where it knocks that down i remember just being like oh well if this is how and i remember doctors were like well this is how normal people feel 
when people are happy, they're not always, it's not always Christmas morning when you're eight years old. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, well, then I, then I, I'm like, well, now before I was just joking, but now I do want to kill myself because this sucks. <laughs> so I just stopped taking medication. Yeah. <laughs> and my life's been a mess ever since. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like the, uh, the mania bit though, uh, and I'll be, uh, uh delicate in as- asking this and but uh, do you feel like it serves you as a performer uh oh for sure yes yep, yep. so you be sure. you wouldn't want to give that away no and at the time i i stopped acting i worked as a personal trainer and i was taking acting classes for fun so but i wasn't pursuing it professionally uh-huh. and i wasn't doing comedy and then i worked on a cruise ship as a personal trainer i think mania not only does it as a performer but just as my part like as a person the choices I've made in my life, uh, and not they're not all great. For and honestly, like um, the mania. So a lot of cool things. Like yeah, I'll move to Maui, or I'm like, you know what, fuck it, let's buy a plane ticket. Yes. Like that. So I'll do that kind of stuff, and that makes an exciting life. And I'm like, you know what, let, yeah, let's move. Let's work on a cruise ship. Let's sell all our stuff and start a new life. This so that's exciting. Yes. Um, it's not the most stable life, uh, and then you also, but then. But it's very you make decisions that are like this moment in right now, so it is kind of a balance of controlling it. And being like, okay, well now let's plan for the future a little bit, you know, like and where you go like, okay, well let's think about what's going to happen in eight hours. <laughs> like because I plan ahead, do not like we're, we're living this moment right now. But do you crave that stability, that kind of thing? Um, I guess maybe down the road, but right now, you know, it's a it's a very strange thing. It's, I'm not saying you have to. No. I'm not saying that I'm not no. placing too a high a value on that. I mean, your life is what it is. Right. And uh, if you found some kind of way to navigate through the. Right. Uh, if you find some kind of a balance and that's the thing. And then so but the mania for sure with being creative and that's with doing comedy when I started doing stand up and then with writing and, and like people are like, do you have a TV show? idea? it's like, well, I've got 25, <laughs> you know, and so. Oh, right. And so they, it's good. and It's bad because this business. Um, it, uh, it like you're almost rewarded for kind of that the mania, and so it's good. But then it also doesn't it doesn't like make me want to put myself in check. So I'm like, you're right. We should just stay up till five in the morning and fucking write. And you're right. like, well, but you also need to sleep. You know, right? Um, and, and the actual um, structure that's required and uh, discipline that's required to make that creative spike to harness that over the length of a television project or even a web series project or whatever it right. would be, uh, those two things can be at odds. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you have that uh, manic uh, spark, uh, this creative idea. Right. And it's wonderful and outrageous, but actually you, you have to write the thing. Right. You have to write it. And, <laughs> and you, you have, have to, to run it and hire the people and deal with this stuff. Absolutely. And, the, yeah. and the thing, too, the, the problem that I remember I had this the first full weekend that I worked uh, at a club in Florida. And this is so interesting. So I had, I, rem- I remember the deepest, one of the deepest depressions and sadnesses I ever felt was I worked at Fort Lauderdale. Yep. That wasn't the sad part. <laughs> Already. <laughs> yeah. Already. And now we just start crying end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, I, so I worked a full weekend at the improv Thursday through Sunday. And I was like, this is the greatest. And I'd only been doing stand-up for like eight months. I got picked up. I was doing open mics. And because like we're saying I started when I was older. Mm-hmm. So I went on stage. And it was like, oh, I already talked. And as a personal trainer on a cruise ship, you're essentially selling detox pills. So you're doing 45-minute <laughs> lectures to groups of people three times a day. 
that are all different people, the same source material, and the goal is to get them to come in and take a body fat test, and then you charm them into being like, and now give me $3,000 for these pills. <laughs> and at the time, I remember thinking, this is so stupid. I just wanted to be a trainer, and now I have to give these fucking lectures. And this is, and then when I started doing stand-up, a year later, I was like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. This is why I was doing this, even though it seemed stupid and I wasn't making money, but this was to prepare me to right. do comedy. Right. Yeah, you're comfortable on stage. You, you, uh, right. you know how to sell something. You right. know how to be and, concise. Right. And you're doing the same – you're essentially same talking points over and over and over, oh, right. doing the right. same jokes to different people, different audiences every week. So when I started doing stand-up, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, this makes sense. Now I understand why I was doing this. But so Fort Lauderdale, I'm there, so – and we're working a full weekend. It was so great. You're in the green room. Your name's on a marquee. Yes. I was the MC. You're there every night. It was, I remember it was um, John Heffernan. We're there. It was so great. And I was like, this is the best. Every night was great. We had two shows Friday, three on Saturday. Sunday night comes. And it's the last show. And they go back to the airport. And I remember I just sat in my car and I was like, that's it. <laughs> That's the end. That's the end. And so the problem, and this is the problem with the mania thing, is that because when you're manic, when you're really hypermanic, when you're when I was sitting in my bedroom as a kid, I was hallucinating and imagining that I was on stage in front of lots of people talking and clapping at me. But so now when that's actually happening, it's like I, I don't know what it's like. It's like doing cocaine and putting Adderall in your asshole. I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. It's like well. it's this double, triple layer mania. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not imagining this. This is real. So it blows out your dopamine so much that once it was over and I was just like, I guess I'll just. I was so sad because I'm like, well, what do I even do? Yeah. And I had the sensation of like going home. And I remember like going home and. Brushing my teeth and thinking, like, well, I guess tomorrow I'll get up and go work at my office job and then go to an open mic. And I guess after that, just kill myself because I'm it's just, just the, the drop off is so intense. And then the longer I did it, the more I became accustomed to, like, no, 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 this is your, you know. So it's interesting now in this the last happens, couple of years. And then it uh, comes back and right. then goes away. Yeah. And it's the same. And show business does that to you anyway. Do you know, yes. like, you know, you're like, and now we're going to sell a TV show. And you get right up to the point and they're like, ah, we're going to pass on your show. And you're like, well, I guess, you know. Yeah. So you, and it's constant rejection, essentially. Yes. Even once you make it. Yeah. Because it could never happen again. Absolutely. You could Absolutely. have a good run or something. Yeah. And so it really does. You can, it. It's it that can be kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um. So you know, my advice is just like drink heavily and wake up and drink energy drinks <laughs> to control your own bipolar disorder. <laughs> Again, our show is brought to you by Monster Energy Drinks. I know. Look at this. <laughs> um. Uh. But yeah. Uh, okay. So, but you you get that settled. You kind of have a handle on the the comedy part of it, and you feel uh, confident in your uh, ability to kind of manage. Uh, things and you're already confident in your voice being up there on stage right. and you start doing more things in New York? Uh, yeah, so I was in Florida uh, for a couple of years. And for a couple of years? Yeah. Oh. I know. Golly. So maybe I'm glad I was you made maybe, it out. <laughs> maybe I'm not bipolar, maybe I was just in Florida. I think that might yeah. be the case. And then I moved back home to LA. Which is where I grew up. Yes. And then I, I lived out there for a time. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. When were you out there? Oh, uh, 
2004 show through 2008, something like that. Ooh, we were maybe there at the same time. Oh, yes. I got to check my calendar on that. <laughs> yeah, but see, see, we'll go back and plot every place I we was, went. yeah, that was before I worked on the cruise ship. Oh, well, I was downtown for some reason. Ooh, what were you doing there? Hanging out? Yeah, hanging out. Ooh, that was when it was still bad. Yes. It's very... <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I, I was very a, poor. Thank you for reminding a me. A block from Skid Row. Uh, Just divorced, trying to figure things out, uh, spending a lot of money at UCB to learn how to say yes and. Yeah. And And, And wondering why I didn't live on the water, because that's nice out there. Yeah. Well, the water's overrated. Come on. You want to be really like living in the shit. Well, I was. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't that great. I longed for at least some sand. I know. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Fu- well, no, no, I made it okay. It was fine. It yeah, was fine. if you kick, if you listen, if you have enough drinks, yeah, well, gravel is very similar to sand. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but I I I, uh, I enjoyed it out there. It wasn't as bad as people say. It wasn't as great. Uh, I've talked about it before, but um, uh, I enjoyed living there. But I, yeah. I like living here now. Oh, see, so yeah, and I prefer. Yeah, no, I like New York, and I moved here. It'll be three years. March 23rd. Oh. So it's almost three years. That's great. Well, but, yeah. Are you going to do something for the anniversary? <laughs> uh, so hopefully sleep. Yes. Um, I just got a new, I just moved into a new place and my roommate, it's, I mean, I, what am I going to do? You know, it's not an enclosed bedroom. You mean you don't have a door on it? There's a door, but there's like a cutout over the door. It's converted oh, three. This bitch. Now you think I'm a nightmare showing up here, blowing my nose, drinking energy drinks, double fisting, yeah. bubbly drink. This is first of all. If you're listening to this, if you're like, I want to do a podcast. I'm an example of what not to do. <laughs> Text and I'm. I walk in. I'm just like I'm chasing Dayquil and Claritin with a Monster Energy drink. And I like how I'm just like, I'm bipolar. It's like, no, 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 you're, taking, you're actively taking drugs right now. I think that might have something to do with it. But, and that's the only way I'm going to go to sleep at night, is <laughs> if I take a bunch of stimulants. <laughs> this chick, it's just is crazy. She's so loud, and I, she's, she's a nightmare. She smokes cigarettes in the bathroom. Well, so what are you going to do? You're going to move out? I guess I got to move out. But, I mean, you know. Yeah, you shouldn't endure I don't have, that. The, I don't have, my credit is medium good, yeah. and... My last apartment I was in was condemned, and so I essentially am like, to get an apartment, I just, I'm just i going to be like, here's cash. And they'll be like, do you have a paycheck stub? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm a comedian. And they're like, well, how do you have this money? And I'm like, I have a rich boyfriend. And they're like, okay, great, so you're a prostitute. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's not, I mean, legally I don't want to say that. Yes. So, yeah, so I was just like, I had to find a place where I could sublet, and I get a cat, and she's like, great, and, I, and she's a fucking... Can I curse on this show? <laughs> That's all I've been doing since I walked in. Sure, I don't. I don't work blue, but uh, sure, you, 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 yeah, you. I only work blue. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can tell. I mean, and I and by that I mean sad. I'm just <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm right. <very> I do. <laughs> I only work in sorrow. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, that's. Um, that's always on my on my mind. That's uh, I, I'm not I don't have the bipolar business, but I think just uh, I realize managing grief I think is my my whole thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's nice. If we, you know, it's you're going to be steady. Yes, even if it's depression, you know. <laughs> yep, that's right. It's never far it's, from me. Right, as long as it's something that you're you're comfortable with. Yes, well, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, you have the the couple of podcasts as you mentioned, and one of them is the uh, oldest profession. Yes, that you do with Caitlin Bailey. Yes, who's been on the show? She's terrific, um, and that talks about uh, inspirational uh, women throughout history who have also particip- who are also sex workers. 
Uh, yeah. So and, and then and now they're not all inspirational because <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes you're like this is this is you know some were um, like sex trafficking other women. So that's okay. So that's not a good thing to do. Right. But we just talk. It's the history of sex work. What are we talking about when we talk about sex work and what's not sex work? Um, at this so point? sex work. Tell me about it. I mean, <laughs> I. Someone's jerking off to this episode right now. <laughs> well, and we I'm... should be getting paid, <laughs> and it has to be cash, and we can't report it. As long as they leave a nice review on the uh, Apple Podcast, please do that. Go five stars. <laughs> if leave this a great is that review. satisfying, please just hit the five stars. Right? Yeah, hit the five stars with whatever, <laughs> yeah. whether it's your hand. I don't. I don't need to know. Right. I don't, I, I don't need to know. That right. won't it's show like... up for me. I just want to see the stars. Right? How weird. <laughs> my cum formed in the shape of a fingerprint on my phone, and I was able to have gray. Well, it's warm enough, I guess. It's wonderful. Um. So, uh, so sex work right now. I mean, it's anything. So it's uh, webcams, strippers. If you sell your panties on Craigslist, which I used to do, um, obviously regular like escorts. Um, Is that a decent stream of money? The underwear. Ah, uh, it can be. Now, when I was doing it, I it was all profit because I was temping for Calvin Klein. So, oh, so you were already getting this stuff. And I was working in the underwear department, so I had this free underwear. <laughs> that makes sense. And I'm jerking off anyway, so I would just you know. Combine my two favorite loves, stealing from a job <laughs> and <laughs> masturbating. And I was like, I can make money off of this. You know, you say you're never going to work a day in life if you do what you love. Yeah. So. You miss Craigslist, don't you? I do. Well, I was. I was <laughs> Not I as made, popular as it once was. I know. Yeah. Now it's, I mean, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> is that what happened? I haven't checked on Craigslist for a, a number of years. Yeah. Which is where I found my roommate, which I think is well, the problem. Well, here we go. I know. <laughs> yeah. If it's 50. I would make $50 a pair. That's pretty decent. Yeah, and it's only a 15-minute meet. Yeah. I would meet, like, some dude on a lunch break. Oh, you, there would shop. be a, an agreement to meet them. Oh, yeah. See, and I got oh, off on that. Oh, I see. Okay. So, oh, yeah, that was great. So that's one of the things that falls under this category of right. people that do it. Um, now, and I had uh, Sovereign Sire, who's on the show. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, who uh, works in adult films and that kind of thing. And I feel like uh, maybe I was – I didn't mean to be judgy, but I thought what she was talking about was I have moved past – this, and now I'm doing comedy and writing books and all that kind of thing. But I don't think that that's necessarily true. And now that I've reflected upon it, I don't know that that's necessarily something that would be a path that somebody should take. Uh, it's okay to have both of those things happening at once. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? And I think that I just misread the situation. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people, and what's crazy is I would have, when I started talking about having a sugar daddy, I would, like, I would go on a podcast and people obviously want to talk about it because it's interesting and it's a salacious topic or whatever. Yeah. But I would come on and people, um, they were, you know, I would see in the description it would be like sex worker right. Wendy Starling, and I'm like, okay, first of all, I get what you're doing, but it's like I'm a comedian first and foremost. Right. I signed up for seeking arrangements when I moved to New York, but at the time I was working for Calvin Klein. I, I when I signed up, I think I was working for Whole Foods. So it's like. <laughs> You know, yeah. and the years prior when I was working at Whole Foods and then at a farmer's market on the weekends to make extra cash, people didn't bring me on stage or put me on their podcast like Wendy Starling, <laughs> manager at Whole Foods <laughs> slash comedian. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. But and they but the sex worker thing <laughs> and when you and they want to hear the story, but the story is essentially like I'm dating a guy, K and and he just is rich, cool, and then what? And then he like 
gives me money if I can't pay all my bills. Sounds okay. And it sounds like, but that's also just like, oh, so you just, it's the same as like being married to, so like, oh, so you're just dating a rich guy. Yeah. There you go. I'm just, you're essentially, it's like why most women marry rich guys. Right. So it's like, oh, so you're just like a chick. Yep. (laughs) Yep. But I just did it on purpose. And we're just honest about it. Instead of me being like, no, 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 I love you. I love you. (laughs) I want to have your babies and then leave you and take half your shit once we hit the 10 year mark. You would argue it's a more honest relationship. Yeah, because you're like, hey, look. Yeah. And, uh, but there is something to uh, sex work and comedy being together, right? Or no? I don't know that, I don't. I don't know that there is. Like, in what way? I'm trying to think, like. It just seems that there's a few, uh, that, that that is a, often a combination that I've seen. Well, I think. And it, I don't know if that's just, uh, like you're saying, that somebody is looking for a way to sell tickets, and so they're taking something that somebody did, and it could just as easily be a manager at Whole Foods. Right. Um, if well, that was, like, what we valued or had right. some I- weird idea about um, in right. our heads. Well, I think it's it because it's salacious, right? Yeah. So it's like. And the other thing too is, uh, but I also I don't think it's just comedians, but art like any art, any artist. Yes. Because when you're doing that, you a lot of times are not making money, and so you have a day job, and so you will do sex work. That's why people get into it because they're like, oh wait a minute, so you have a lot of artists who are like doing sex work on the side because it's a quick way to make a decent amount of cash. Right. Like I can remember. The you know, there was there were there was a time. This was like a year and a half ago. I remember, and I like journal everything and possibly putting a book together because um, these people made a documentary about me, and I'm like, ah, I already am like looking at some of the rough cuts, and I'm like, oh, okay, not happy. <laughs> but I journal, I write everything down because um, I, but I I can remember there was a four day period where and there were just two guys that I met on the site that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And in a four-day period, I made... No, it was three, because it was the two guys. And one guy I never slept with. He just liked to cuddle and watch movies. Which is really kind of a nerdy guy. Uh, and so I remember in four days, I made like $4,200. And I remember being like... Once I looked at it, I was like, holy shit. I just made in four days... What I would have normally taken me two and a half months to make, right? Working two jobs, yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, that's great!" And so then you can do that, and so it's time effective. You've got money, and now then then the trick is don't blow it all in a bunch of stupid shit. <laughs> you <laughs> that know? is the key, yeah. With and anything, yeah. Stay in your little apartment with your roommates that mm-hmm. are horrific, and then go out and do comedy or write your book or be a painter, or do what you're gonna do. So a lot of artists, I yes. think, do that, and the difference is. Um, like when you're presenting at a gallery, they don't give you an intro like they do on stage in comedy. So, but I think it does have currency within that somehow. I think it it factors in yeah. if it's known. I don't right. know, it might yeah. not be known, uh, but if that becomes part of the work, because often being an artist is the same kind of thing. I mean, being a comedian is an artist artistry of some kind. Right. Uh, but it's putting yourself out there and trying to communicate something about yourself that's essential through whatever the work is. Right. I mean, that's what most people try to do. Right. So sometimes Correct. some of that comes through. And oh, if for you're sure. performative, often there's a kind of element of that, whether it's being naked or not being, I mean, right. all this stuff. Now, I do in. perform naked all the time for anyone who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've done it. And uh, I do. You've done the Naked Show. I haven't done the Naked Show, but I was naked. Thank God, it was a time before cell phones and all this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was. I, that was one of the first things I did in comedy. Was hey, this would be great if you had a nude cameo, and then I. Then they said, well, you better do it. And so then I did it. Really? And I was out there in San Francisco. Get uh, that. Prove it. Prove it, Dale. <laughs> oh, I want to see. Oh, there's a VHS. Luckily, it's one of those like old VHS, and I'm so white, it just looks like a glowing creature. You can't really uh, see You anything. know what? I did see that, and it was in the Orange <laughs> County Ninja. Uh, I yeah. remember that. They, that, they that, dropped yes. it in there. Yes, I remember that now. I mean, I like it. I like being naked regularly. But I think performing like naked at this point in my life, I have too many body issues that have developed in the intervening couple of years yeah. since doing that, that I, I wouldn't be. I know where I am in the scale, and I'm also comfortable with uh, the fact that I'm not going to grow into a Clooney as I once thought. I thought, oh, I'll just keep changing. I'll mature. But no, this is who I'm, this is what I'm going to, this is the package I'm dealing with. Yeah, you don't think you're going to morph into a Clooney? Yeah, that's yeah. me too. That's, I was like, you know, as I was just eating pizza, <laughs> one day, I bet this pizza will turn me into a Clooney. <laughs> a Rosemary Clooney, a dead person in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that would be unusual. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's going to happen at this rate. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. figure it out. But I, even with the, I mean, talking about that, sometimes I even heighten how weird I look and go for the laughs because of it has to do again with that kind of body issue. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's that's that's. But it's ticket. part of it. That's There's a stage keeps... persona that right. happens, as we all know. And is the stage persona you say you get lost in it, or you used to get lost in it? Um, do you have that same kind of slipperiness where you go into it when you're performing, or maybe even in the relationship? Um, yeah, I do with. Uh... With going on stage, I, I don't, it's not, I've really been able to consolidate and come to terms with um, that comedy is my job and even, and with the podcast that I do. So you go on and obviously like you're having a conversation when you're on stage, you're doing jokes that you've written, uh, but you're still, but it's also like, it's still in a sense of conversation, but I've been able to mesh the two mm -hmm. so that I don't, it's not this extreme difference. And also I'm not when I'm, when I'm performing, or I'm not giving all myself because mm -hmm. I used to do that. Mm -hmm. I used to perform, and you're mm -hmm. like, I'm giving it all, and I think that that's good. And you know, even and you know, like with doing a show, like because that's part of what people like is that you're being raw, and you're being open, you're being honest. Uh, but then I've learned that I'm like, oh, I have to keep something private for myself. Yes, that's true. You have to keep something. So whether it's a relationship that I don't talk about on stage, but there's I like to keep a little something so everything's not for fodder because even like the stuff the bipolar. The rape stuff, the the jokes about whatever, like, but that all comes from a real place. Yeah, and so um, yeah, I've learned to kind of hold a little bit for myself privately, so that there's some difference. So that when I meet, you know, fans, I don't feel like, oh God, they know everything about me. Do you know? <laughs> right, that's true. Because that's a yeah. creepy feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I and lie. So... My name is not even. <laughs> I've lied. <laughs> What's that like? Um, <laughs> uh, and with the show, again, with the uh, oldest profession, yes. just to pick up that thread, oh, yeah. uh, are there uh, examples of people who you talk about that, um, I mean, you said that some of them were not necessarily inspirational, but uh, as an right. example, who well, might so be like somebody Well, so like an inspirational, like Maya Angelou. Uh, yes. When she was younger, yeah. she worked as a pimp. Yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, like just accidentally kind of was a pimp for like a year. Uh-huh. And then worked. It's at, tough when at that a happens brothel. when you accidentally end up at a brothel. Isn't that the worst? 
when all you want to do is write uplifting poetry. Like, look, I just want to write poetry, <laughs> but these two bitches, these two like lesbian chicks were hitting on her at a bar. This is real. They were like trying to pick her up, and yeah. she was essentially just like being kind of homophobic about it, but she was a teenager, and she was just like, she like like muscled them into, like she was like, I'll come home with you, and then she muscled them into somehow like pimping them out. Well, for money, yeah, it's a crazy story. <laughs> it's cra- and I was like, Caitlin, you're full of shit. And then we read, and I was like, Oh goddamn! Um, so I'm that's- gonna have to go back and listen to that episode. Yep, so I'd that's like a fun to- one. Jenna yeah. Jameson is an interesting person to learn about. Um, yeah, she's we did a, her- a, por- a porn. She's star. a porn star. Adult film. What do you say? Ah, uh, porn star. Okay. I like see. I like porn star. Um, for even I refer to myself and even like seeing arrangements, I call it the hooker website. I refer to all this profession as the hooker show. I think it's very funny. <laughs> I like the word hooker. Yeah, it's a hard K. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a comedy sound. That hard <laughs> content hit that. Um, we did Big Dose Kate, so that was an interesting one that we just did, and it was like Doc Holiday's right hand woman. Yeah, and they're just there's so many. There are just so many different stories, and and it really, I mean, because it's obviously like it literally is the oldest profession. Like as soon as there was money and currency, and people were like, "Oh, we can trade." It's like, well, I would want, I want pussy, um, and no. How offense. much for that? Right? Yes. How much is that? <laughs> How much is that pussy in the window? Is that the song? From I think a, so. I think so. It's I told the you original I came lyrics. From, right. I, yeah. I told yeah. you I came from a broken home, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now with the pornography, did you have shame when you first encountered pornography? No. No. The only shame I had was that my parents didn't have enough money to afford premium cable, and I had to watch it scrambled. <laughs> oh, well, we all watched it scrambled. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Blue and green, or mostly green, I guess. Right. It was a scrambled. I, yep. Sorry, I hit the micro hard. I was, yeah, scrambled, and then you're trying to find, like, a nipple and, like, what's happening. And the sound to... turned way down. Right, and I think that's, yep. you know, what really got me inspired to be a writer, because <laughs> I thought, How, what's happening in this story? A, I wonder if people really uh, just, that was all they had. Yeah. And that th- that's like they they still crave that. What? Yeah, I mean, I kind of <laughs> like it. No, that's not true. I want well, it was in your head then, right? I mean, yeah, you yeah. can imagine things. Yeah, yeah. No, the first time I ever seen like porn, porn, I was like, this is dope. <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember I went to a camp, and we would go sometimes to the to the to the park next to us to the camp, and they had all kinds of things over there like playground equipment that kind of stream blah 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 but in the woods you'd go up and that's where you'd see like a ripped up piece of hustler or a penthouse or something and that's where I, that was my first encounter to it and i just seemed like maybe there was a hermit or there were some kind of uh, lonely teens there was some kind of activity happening near the big rock and uh, that's I still have a slight fetish for like high tops and socks yeah. cuz everybody was with this was the 80s so that's what was going on yeah then. you're like I never got past the socks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I know? And comics talk about this, and I hear this. I've never seen a porn in the woods. We did find a stack of porn at my, uh, our neighbor's attic, and I remember. And you'll, it was a, like a Playboy, and I remember what, looking at it, and I was like ten, so it was like in the night, early nineties. But I remember looking at it and being like, "How how weird they're like blurring out." That's all the, the vaginas, because yeah. I was 10, I didn't have pubes, and they were full <laughs> pubes. Uh, and I remember being like, ooh, they like they like blur it out with this like brown. Oh, oh, I see what you meant. 
Yeah, I remember being like, weird, they like blur out all the vaginas. And I was like, oh, when you're a grown-up, you have hair. <laughs> oh, right. Well, see, I, my father bought me a Playboy in 1984 from the, uh, I remember the day, uh, yeah, from, from, from the 7-Eleven. And at that point, everything, this is what I thought you were talking about, because at that point, everyone, the photographer must have had like Vaseline on the lens. Yes. So everything was very streaky and like, like Barbara Walters used to have in yeah. her specials to make her look less... Uh, uh, not her porn specials, but her interview specials. Right, yeah. The porn to, was, to, to look right. less Barbara Walters, aged. Her, the porn was high def. That was the first time <laughs> yeah. she used high def. She so was the porn, 4K. Thank, yeah. yeah. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. That Barbara Walters' porn was high def, but the interviews, it was a soft rose lens. Yes, that rose. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure it was Vaseline on the camera, too. Well, I don't know what it was. It was something. Was. It was some kind of Some kind, some of, a kind clear of fluid. fluid. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> A lot of hair. I always thought, why? How are you using that much hairspray when you're running on the beach? But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you think it was better when we didn't have to imagine the United uh, States president having sex during Shark Week? No, no, no. You think this is a golden era? I'm in love with it. I you think like Stormy Daniels? I'm. I think she's great. She's taking his money. Have you covered the, her on your show? We talked about it a little bit, like yeah. kind of a side. Uh, thing, but yeah, I mean, that's what she is kind of a side thing. Yeah, she's kind of a side thing. Hey, you know, I love being a side bitch. I was a side bitch for a while, and it's the best. Yeah. It is the best. All the perks. Well, that's with the seeing arrangements. I was a side chick. The uh, It was great because there, you don't have to be there all the time. So you don't have someone texting you and calling you all the time. So yeah. you, they, and it's like, hey, are you available this day? And you're like, yes, I am. And then you show up and then you go to dinner and you hang out. And then it's four hours of your time, and then you get to like, you can like eat cheese and get bloated and do whatever for three, four days, and then it's then you you know celery for two days before, so you like look good. Yeah, it's I I think it's the best. I, I like four hours. I like thinking about <laughs> when you break it down. That's just as the amount four of time. hours of your time because you hang yeah. out, you eat, and then sometimes you're not even having sex. Yeah, if I could, do you know? I don't want to glorify this to people out there listening, but it's if you. It's not a bad gig if you can get it. Yes, yes. Not a bad gig if you can get it. <laughs> I got to look into that. <laughs> See what the missus will think about that. Yeah, yeah. Ask you, you have, you look into it for your wife. You're yeah. like, that sounds great. She's gone for four hours. She comes back. <laughs> uh, we have enough issues. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's and what's the other podcast that you do? It's called Jammers. Jammers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. selfish help. It's a very <laughs> yeah. It's a very fun show. We yeah. like we pick a task. We either take out a bad habit. We're at a good one, or if we want to learn something, uh, started by my friend Megan Rice, uh, who's an L.A. comic, and Stephen Penta, who's here in New York. And she and I have been friends, and we're always like, like, okay, we're really going to get it together. We're going to stop smoking cigarettes this week, or we're really we're going to stop eating cheese, uh, or whatever. You know, we're going to get up and go for a run at six a.m. <laughs> uh, and so we all the shit that you know, like what most people yeah say we're going to do, and then they never do. We actually will like do things for a week, and then we come back and talk about it. Uh, of what you have or have not done. Right. And yes. how we feel. And then if we're going to keep it up. And the answer is usually no. <laughs> it's hard to give up cheese. I, and I can't even taste cheese. What and do you I mean ate you can't cheese taste yesterday. Cheese? Well, because my, I've got the sinus thing for the oh. last couple days. Oh, oh, recently. Yeah. Normally you can. Normally yeah. I can. Okay. Yeah. That, I thought well, you that's... Meant, as a blanket statement, yeah. you are no longer how, able to yeah, taste I cheese. I cannot taste cheese. <laughs> I don't know what's more. More horrific. The fact that I sometimes stay awake for four days in a row or that I cannot taste cheese. If I couldn't taste, I would kill myself. That would be the straw? I don't know if I'd kill myself, but cheese is one of my favorite things. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's one of my- All kinds? I love all kinds of cheese. I don't like head cheese. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Head cheese is gross. That would be a leap. Yes. Yeah, that's because that's not actual Obviously. cheese. That's yeah. like, yeah. that's so disgusting. Yes. That you take all the bones and the garbage of, an, of a pig. Yeah. The stuff you were going to throw in the trash. And instead you're like, you know what? Let, let's do something with it. We could. <laughs> yeah. People like bologna, right? And then you just put it in a grinder. I mean, I say that, but I enjoy a scrapple. See, I don't, I don't like I it. I enjoy a, a getta. All of those things are a-okay with me. Scrape it off the floor and put it together. I like it more in a breakfast meat, though. I won't. I don't like it in the other. Right. You don't like it. Uh, you, pra- you don't like it packaged. I'm sure the uh, degrees of separation of what's actually in that are no. uh, minor. Oh, oh, for sure. <laughs> it's just that one is cooked and one is raw, and you're looking at it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's the thing. regular cheese. That's your, one of that's... my very most. I love Oma. Oma's a great. It's like a semi-soft. Oh, um, sure. I used to work at the. Uh, Whole Foods of Tribeca at the cheese counter. Thanks. Boy, that's the best one you can get. Yeah. Oh, I ate a lot of cheese there. <laughs> ate a lot well, of cheese. That's good. That's good. I'm like, that's... this is part of my job, and they're like, you, you, you're. It's your day off. You can't just show up and eat free food. And I'm like, I am trying to learn. And they're like, when... you're actively gaining weight. <laughs> Wendy, I love how so many things have worked out for you. Thanks. You've ended up in exactly <laughs> the right spot when you needed to be. Right. See. That's what. See, we talk a lot about mystical stuff and crystals and all that, and you're already pursuing that. Yeah. It's you, already, I mean, maybe not the crystals. I don't want to speak for you. But uh, uh, the, the mystic stuff, it's happening. Yeah. Your destiny is leading you to where you need to be. I know. It's very interesting. Yeah. And, and, and as you get, as I get older and as I move forward, it really is. And I hate to be all like, but I'm super into all this shit. And I'm, uh, Megan, who's on Jammers with me, always makes fun of me for this. But she's like, oh, here we go. We're, we're in the Matrix and it's all a simulation. I'm like, but maybe it is. Like, I'm super into that. Oh, and yeah. that's. All when I was a kid, and that possibly could be the bipolar, but then part of me goes like, and whenever I talk about a simulation, I have to go like, I'm not on drugs, give me a blood test, I'm not fucked up, this is actually how I think. Even when I was a kid, I used to always think about that kind of stuff, where I'm like, huh. And I have, yeah, I have, this is gonna, I always sound crazy when I start talking about this stuff, but I don't care, because it's real. It's a free space. I have, like, I have, I have dreams a lot of like really super intense dreams which is part of and i really have to put myself in check if we're being honest and being real on the show yes yes we are with the um with bipolar when you get really because i run so manic part of that is to knock it down like alcohol and so the last week i've been like trying to not drink and so i'd have like one like one glass of wine but then i'm up all night yeah and I'm just awake all night, or I have super intense dreams. And then what's happening for you? Just flashes of imagery? No, I have really intense dreams that like are almost like verbatim premonitions of stuff that happens the next day. That's the thing. That happens to me when I I'm... have that a lot. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. I mean, I had that. I encounter the exact. I mean, beyond deja vu, I have the exact same situation that happens. Like almost scripted, like you're saying. Yeah. The same I person, have, the same moment, exactly yeah. what's supposed to happen. I have that in dreams, and I've also had it in waking life where, um, and it's, again, it's if I'm, and I guess it's good because you're supposed to, it's like good to be like not drinking, and so you're like tuned in all that shit, but it's also annoying because <laughs> I just want to sleep. Right. Or I don't want to, I'll have hear like a recurring conversation in my head with a specific person. Yeah. Over and over. And then to the point where I'll like put earbuds in and pretend I'm on the phone and I'm not. I'm for sure talking to myself a million percent. Yes. But I can hear the other person talking and I talk and it's the same conversation over and over and over that I just am imagining. And then, you know, fast forward to a week or two weeks later, 
I'm on the phone with that person, and then they say a word, and I'm like, holy shit. It's happening. And then, yeah, and it's more than deja vu. It's a yeah. full conversation, and I can... So that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, like, quite a bit. Um, you just have access to the multiverse. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm, in, I'm like, super into that shit. It's, uh, Me and, too. It, yeah. I think it's true. I think it is. And it has to be. What's interesting is, and that's what I'm like trying to not, and that's why last night I was just like, it was just exhausted. And um, and I'm like, and I was just like, yeah, but you can feel, and I know Kate Wolf. I, have you had Kate Wolf on? I haven't, no. We've talked a little bit, but no. Yeah, she's great, but she, yeah, she's, and I've, she's like, did like she's a psychic reading on whole, me, and every time yeah. she's just like, yeah, she's like, you might have like psychic powers, and I know, and I did all this shit, and they're always yeah. like, don't drink because it like dims your light. And I'm like, well, right, but sometimes I need the light turned down a little bit so <laughs> I can right. get some goddamn sleep. That's right. Yeah, no, I do. I have I have like really intense dreams, um, that and they're not, yeah, they're they're not like these wacky crazy, but um, yeah, it's I will have like exact like dreams of the exact thing that's gonna happen the next day. Yeah. So it's kind of boring. But it's like, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's not where I'm like, I don't have dreams where I'm flying, but I have dreams of like, like <laughs> yesterday a podcast we did a podcast and yeah. someone I'd never met didn't look him up on the internet. It was a guest we had. Uh huh. Because I do very little research for my shows. Uh, I'm very professional, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I just go in there and riff. Uh, sure. But I had a dream with him in it, and then when I met him, I was like, oh, this is exactly what he looks like. Like I had a dream. It was crazy. Amazing. It, yeah, yeah. And I remember being like, oh, and then yeah. Well, I think uh, I hope that never dulls for you. I hope that doesn't dim, uh, as you say. Right. And well, you uh, you keep that active. I it's know, and okay. it it's a it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. And so you know, it's, I'm Just like, hold it. It's something special. That's I know. Good. I'm going to Turks and Caicos. I'm using that as a detox. That's wonderful. I'm going on vacation. I'm using yeah. I'm... Good. Soon you're going to be going. Yeah. On. Great. Maybe when this comes out, I'll be on a beach. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah, I'm using well, I that hope as so. I'm do using that as like a relax because the guy I'm going with, I won't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. So I'm going to use that as a detox. Oh, wonderful. And just go get massages and stuff. Good. Yeah. Good for you. And have crazy psychic premonitions. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> down there on the beach. And we can, uh, we'll tune into the podcast, and you're going to be, you're always performing all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. It I, seems to me yes. you're on every flyer I've seen. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, then maybe you're only looking at my Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's when some... I get back, um, when does this come out? We'll see. We'll see when. Well, just there's, follow me on. Uh, I've got a bunch of shows. Okay. March, good. April. Um, I do a monthly show called Glamour Puss at yes. Zig Bar. Yep. Um, that's a nice next, little spot there. It's a gorgeous venue. Yeah. That show, the next one there is March 31st. Uh, but yeah, all my social media, I put everything there. All right. Well, we'll put all the links as we do up there on the site. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a delight. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. And it must be almost 7 a.m. now that we're done. We can go <laughs> get breakfast somewhere. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, some pancakes in our future. Yes. There you go. <laughs> huh? Listen to that. Wendy is a force, and it was great fun to get the chance to sit down with her. Uh, be sure to seek her out online and in person as she does so many terrific shows around town. That'll do it for us this week. Lucky numbers are 10, 9, and 3,007, which corresponds to the numbers of years I've been in New York, the number of years we've been doing this show, and the number of times I've considered not going on. <laughs> oh, showbiz is fun. Personalized reading goes out to Uli Jimenez in Rancho Durangue, Minnesota. Uli, think about this. 
If you don't die, your skin will look great. Solid. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning up to the Deep Night Frequency. And remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by the Guana Souvenir Shop in Brooklyn and McGinty Salt Lamp Emporium and Discount Flooring in Bay Ridge. Simply the best for a good night's rest. Two things a body needs, a floor and some salt. McGinty's. Deep Night Season 10 podcast icon by Kelsey Roten. Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the show by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm. And a few weird things at the top of the show that I just download for cash from the internet. Venue support provided by the Slipper Room in New York City and recording studio services provided by Harvest Works in Soho. Thanks to all of my guests, Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Thank you for listening, and please consider rating and reviewing the show on whatever podcasting forum you're participating in but especially on Apple Podcasts, which does a great deal toward making Dale feel great, that's me, when he gets up, or is it, when he gets up in the morning for his son's salutations. Are you the best? You are. Close the portal.